Live from Kalaloo Studios in New York City, you are listening to Let's Take It Offline with your host, Kishana Palmer. Hey, Fab Crew. You're listening to Let's Take This Offline, the podcast for everyday leaders. Part inspiration, part sit down. Let's have a conversation. Here's where you'll find the real deal about living well and leading well. I'm Kashana Palmer, your host and resident leadership whiz. And now let's take this offline. Don't forget to subscribe, download, and leave a comment so we can keep the conversation going. All right. What's up? What's up, Fab Crew? We are back with another episode. Y'all, woo! I just want you to know that busting it down, Tatiana, on my first season of Let's Take This Offline, what a blessing. Mm. The guests this season just put their whole foot in this content. Um, The response has been amazing. You all are incredible. And this is not my podcast. I just want y'all to know this is our joint. Okay. This is the place where we kick back. This is our water cooler. This is where we keep it all the way real. And we are just getting started. And so y'all today, today I want to talk about our leadership. Okay. Now, if you've been hanging out with me for enough time, you already know that I can hit you with the $25 words, you know, I'm very fancy. I can hit you with the $1 words and I can hit you with the 25 cent words. And in fact, true story, When I was in third grade, I think that was the first time I was on the schoolyard and the third graders and the fifth graders used to have lunch together. I know that was probably disastrous for fifth graders and mortifying, but here we were out in the schoolyard together and y'all, my little innocent eight-year-old self heard the F-bomb for the first time. And friends, it was like glory. Like the world opened up. I was like, whoop, wait a minute. What word was that? And I was already, you know, very precocious as a kid, huge, avid reader, wicked smart, you know, fast on my feet, smart lip. Don't don't add cuss words to my vocabulary now. And my parents, you know, conservative, um, very strict, very Christian West Indian parents were appalled at my mouth. Because y'all, the potty mouth was in full effect. It literally was like the sky opened up for me, okay? And I remember I used to get like the knuckle in the forehead. Listen, this is, y'all, this is a long time ago, okay? The child child laws have changed since then, okay? Our approach to parenting has changed. Um, and, you know, I used to get the knuckle in the forehead. I used to get popped. I mean, all type of mess punished and nothing would stop me from cussing, okay? So bad that by the time I was probably 11 or 12, my mom was like, all right, here we are. Forget it. Just They just gave up. They were like, this kid with the mouth. And I had enough sense to not curse at my parents because I didn't want to die. Um, but baby, don't let them be just a little bit out of earshot. Woo! The, my language was peppered. And in fact, the first time I saw the Queenager on Snapchat, this is this is hilarious how technology moves us forward. Um, and she was showing me some hangout that she was having when she was in middle school with her friends. And baby, she dropped the F-bomb and I was like, woo! 
and guilt. I'm guilty, y'all. I was horrified as a parent. I was also a little proud. She used it properly in a sentence. Oh my gosh. Okay. Embarrassing. I had to tell y'all that. But either way, <laughs> today, um, we're gonna we're gonna have to recap what we learned this season. And so if you have not just binged on every episode of this season. I need y'all to turn it on and just let it rock out as you do some deep work today because there were just so many nuggets um, in each and every episode. But what stood out to me is that if this season hasn't taught you anything, it's that you're dope just the way you are. Also, maybe you've got some work to do. And by you, I mean me. <laughs> so I was talking to my girlfriend, Rochelle, after the last episode. And y'all, that's one of my sisters. That's been my business partner. Um, you know, we've taken stages together. So we have been in the thick of things um, across all the spectrums. And it's actually really tough, I think, as an adult to make friends genuine sisterhood friends, like to your core spirit friends, where whether you are working together or not working together, whether you are laughing and joking or you are into shenanigans or having serious conversations or getting your edges snatched, which we are prone to do to one another, that you are just thick as these. And I have a, a handful of girlfriends um, like that who I love so dearly. Um, and I'm going to talk about them as well during this episode. But I was talking with Rochelle after the last episode and we talked about how we let our own dysfunction seep into our environments, in our home life, in our businesses, as CEOs of our own companies, when we were employees for other folks, okay? Because Shauna didn't just wake up and become an entrepreneur, y'all. I actually had a pretty storied career working for some really amazing organizations. And so we were talking about this dysfunction and how it seeps into everything that we're doing and it permeates the air, how our children respond when we don't have habits that really lift us up in a healthy way. And that in our own homes, that we are setting the pace for how our families operate. And so now that so many of us are at home all the time, the pace that we're setting at home is permeating and is seeping into our virtual environments. And definitely for those of us who are going into the office or the hospital or into your um, workspace, because some of us still got a trapsy out there and get into a building that it gets into our environments. And if you are operating with a level of dysfunction, even if you have been successful, meaning You've been able to scale or grow your company organization. If you're a professional fundraiser, you've been able to bring in big gifts. If you're in sales, you've been able to close those sales. Or you're in tech, or you've been able to scale and sell off your company. You've been able to get VC funding. You've been able to, I mean, fill in the blank on the things you've been able to do. But it doesn't mean that if you are dysfunction, that you have a, a level of dysfunction, that you're not going to be successful. That That's not how it goes. But the dysfunction seeps into your environment. And so it creates dysfunctional environments. So this made me think about one of my favorite movies, The Devil Wears Prada. Don't judge me, y'all. I am a rom-com chick flick watching somebody. I love dating shows and love shows and romance <laughs> um, and all the good things about um, women in the workplace. And so if you really want to, um, you know, wax poetic with me, let's talk about some movies, y'all. And so in The Devil Wears Prada, um, Miranda Priestly, 
uh, who, you know, she is the the head of uh, this magazine, has built an empire off of her own dysfunction. She is at the helm of this magazine um, that has brought in billions of dollars, that has broke designers, that has, you know, built the careers of so many people if they last. But it was really her reign of terror that she wielded in order to be able to grow this thing. And so anybody who worked for her was riddled with anxiety or had to step into the characteristics and the traits that she had because that was the model that they saw that you needed in order to move up. And it made me think again, like, okay, well, what is it about leaders who terrify us that we're in awe of? Is it power? Is it that we are so led by fear that that is the thing that motivates us? You know, I've often talked uh, with friends and uh, with clients and on stages about the fact that many of us, depending on how old you are, grew up with negative reinforcement as a motivating factor for how we got stuff done. So if you if you don't do this, you won't. So right now, if you don't clean your room, you're not going to be able to. That's me and the queen nature. Um, growing up, if you don't get good grades, you're not going to be able to. If you don't finish this project, you're not going to be able to. If you don't show up here, you're not going to be able to. Right now on social media, there's a war going on with different social media platforms. So if you don't learn how to do the, the latest and greatest, which it was a witsit for uh, that platform with the war they have it amongst themselves, then you won't be seen. And so if you rely on social media for your business, for your organization to grow, then you are in a little bit of a pickle. Okay. Like, so we are used to responding to negative triggers in order to be able to get stuff done. And because for many of us around the world, our education was not about curiosity and exploration, but more about memorization, repetition, and following instructions then you really learn very early on to follow what is modeled. And so if you're dysfunctional as a leader, guess what? All your people are going to follow suit. And so for me, it is high time that we took our leadership seriously. Like you got to own your stuff, y'all. This is serious business. And here's what I mean. So first, I need us to be thinking about what does it take and what does it mean for you to have influence when you're healthy and when you're thriving? Because when you're healthy and thriving, I don't care if you're a line manager in a factory or if you're the head of engineering or if you're the head of advancement and development at a university or a large organization or a mom and pop shop, if you're an executive director that just decided last week to hang out your 501c shingle, if you are working your corporate job and you are hustling at night building your candle business, it doesn't matter what it is that you are working on. If you decide to start to employ healthier practices, and this is a working idea for me, y'all, so I'm we walking it like we talking it and we living it as we're experiencing it. Then that allows you to produce healthier environments. So first up, values, okay? 
y'all hear me talk about this. And by the time we have gotten to, we've really gotten to know each other over the next couple of years, you're gonna be like, Kashana is not playing with these values. And, and I come back to them time and time again, because they sound real cute to talk about. Well, I just want to be, make sure that if this is aligned with my values. Well, I just want to make sure that my values are kept in check. I don't need you to just name them. I need you to live by them. Not the things you want to do down the road, but the things that you know that if you had to dig in your heels and fight to the death, okay, gladiator style, that you would be able to do that. And so I need you to stop being tossed to and fro like a boat without a sail in a storm by your inability to decide and live by and through your values. And so that's the first thing about taking this stuff really seriously. What are your values and what does that mean? And for some of y'all, that's going to dig up and scare up some stuff. Because for me, woo Nelly, when I named that family was a value and it is a value. And then my brother, who is literally like my roommate, chin checked me and said, we don't spend no time together. And the only time that I spend time with you, that's not with my niece. And that, you know, that's literally his favorite person in the world. So I, I, when she was born, I stopped counting. Okay. The only time I spend time with you is when we're working. Cause y'all may know that my brother is my stylist and um, he is responsible for all of my looks, my photos, everything. And so when he said that to me, like the only time we spend time together is when we're working. And I'm resentful of that. And he loves what he does. And I am my brother's uh, uh, doll, okay? If there was a doll to be had, I'm his. And yet he resents it anyway. And y'all, that hit me right in the teeth. He bust me right in the throat. Because if I'm saying family is a value and my best friend and closest sibling tells me I don't make no time for him, that's a problem. If my mom, who is my rider, Literally, y'all, yesterday I sent my mom a text message and was like, Ma, are you coming through today? Because can you uh, bring some oxtail and some curry chicken? And she literally wrote me back and said, you want me to get it or you want me to make it? Y'all, it was four o'clock in the afternoon. My mom in her bed, cross town, was like, you you need me to make it or get it? Which one? And she wasn't, if I said make it, she would have gotten up out her bed and made it and brought it over here. Yes, we're all spoiled. I do the same thing to my child. Different story, different day. My family's really close, right? So my mom is going to drop everything with her retired self, get out her comfy bed in the cold, and she's going to come and do that just because I sent her a text message. But when she is around, I'm rushing around her because I have meeting after meeting, deadline after deadline. I'm scurrying here, I'm scurrying there, and I'm not slowing down enough to pay attention. Okay? Like, how is family a value if I'm not actually making time, quality, uninterrupted time. I'm not prioritizing the time I need to spend with my value, with that value that I care so much about. So now I'm just talking cash money. I'm not actually doing and acting on and prioritizing what I say matters to me. So it's real cute for the grand. We smile and we post it up and oh, Lord, I love you. Whoop-de-whoop, good mom, all of that. But if you're not living it, what's the point? Okay, so that's the first thing. So I, I... Listen, this is for me and for you. <laughs> so we have to get it together. The second thing is your well-being is not a game. Friends, getting older is no joke, okay? And so the the drop down to get your eagle on that I could do with ease when I was 21, 28, 30, 32, 35, 
I'm, you know, I'm on the other side of 40 now. I can still drop down and get my ego along with the best of them. But y'all not, y'all gonna hear that knee pop when I when I bust up. I'm, you know, I'm the, the stallion knees aren't it. It's more like the, you know, what is the the the, the geriatric <laughs> stallion that has to stop running the races now, okay? But when you don't take care of yourself, it creeps up slowly. For some of you right now, you're rubbing the back of your neck. You've had a persistent headache. Your heart's been racing. You're feeling slow and sluggish. You find yourself reaching for more caffeinated products. And I'm not a health nut, y'all, by any way, shape, or form. Because let me tell you, my favorite, favorite drink in the world to drink each morning is a hot cup of coffee with skim milk caramel mocha. It tastes like chocolate milk, okay? I've had to wean myself down to three times a week so that I can actually not, like, have the sugars. Um... But if you're not taking care of yourself, if you're not prioritizing taking care of your body, what you're putting in your mind the first thing when you wake up in the morning, what you're putting in your body, how you're moving, what you're prioritizing, how you're ending your day, your thoughts, it all matters as a leader because the maintenance game is the long game. And so do you want to end up sick in the hospital? Because listen, the first time I got walking pneumonia and bronchitis. I didn't learn the lesson. The second time, the third time, I still didn't learn the lesson. Oh, so then you want to just lay me flat out for weeks? Oh, okay, got it. So then you can't move and you can't work. You're no good to yourself or others. And people are going to say, oh, you work so hard. But they're looking at you sideways. Your well-being is not a game. And so you've got to be able to take that thing seriously And if you're suffering from martyritis, and you know, I define that as not just being a workaholic, but being the kind of workaholic that dies on the vine and you want everyone to know how hard you work and how hard it is for you. And if it wasn't for you, none of this would occur. Look at me. What about me? I mean, that is who you are. Being able to delegate well. Here's my tip. Being able to delegate well and lean on others is a gift, not just for them, but for you, because it allows other folks to grow, to learn, to support you, to flex in their zone of genius. And it gives you space to figure out what it is you're supposed to do and to do that well, so that you're not doing all the things mediocre as hell, but you're doing a few things with excellence. The next thing I want y'all to think about is getting your money story right. Y'all writing this down? Now, we've talked about, we had a whole episode on this, okay? So I'm not saying it's going to fix everything. And I've been thinking a lot about it since we first talked about this. And it's something that is on my mind a lot because at this stage of my life, you know, the queenager is two years out from college. She and her um, her father and I have been talking about how we're going to, um, now that we're coming around the bend, you know, we're looking at the 529, we're looking at the savings, we're looking at what we've done. Did we do enough? Um, and really understanding our money story as it relates even to paying for college, right? Like what was our parents' approach to sending us to our institutions? And so you got to get your money story right because it's not going to fix everything, but your relationship with money is a direct reflection of your well-being, your emotional well-being, your spiritual well-being, and your physical well-being. And y'all, your relationship with money will buy you back the three T's. Listen, in fundraising, time, talent, and treasure, okay? I like to apply these concepts that I had in my day job to all things in life. I just want you to know, um, it's it's all can be used. It can be used. It's cross, cross-functional competencies. <laughs> 
So the three T's, time, talent, and treasure. And so if you think about your relationship with money and that it actually allows you, it's a currency that allows you to buy back those things, then you have got to make sure that your relationship with money is on track to health. Otherwise, you're going to waste time. You're going to blow talent, yourself and others. And the treasure, the treasure will not be in the room. So now we're going to take a quick break. So use this moment to stand up, plant your feet firmly on the ground, reach for the sky, and stretch. Get that oxygen into your lungs, friend. We'll be right back. Love what you heard? Found a little nugget, but need more? Head on over to kishcamp.com, my masterclass for managers who are ready to do things differently at work and grow their skills so they can lead with confidence. Don't forget to subscribe, download, and leave a comment so we can keep the conversation going. Now, let's head back to take this offline. The next thing is healing yourself is a form of generational wealth we don't talk enough about. So we talked about building legacy, financial tools, um, understanding how your family's approach to building wealth or even to surviving. Because some of us are just like, so about this wealth conversation? No, no, no. We learned that we got to pay bills and we had to live day to day. But defining what legacy means to you For some of us, it's our children. It's our name that we leave behind. For some of us, it's having runway for future generations. What does that mean to you? And adding healing yourself, breaking those generational curses and binds, some of our pathologies about the ways our families are, and it's always been this way, are literally holding us back from experiencing a different type of wealth that we're able to pass down to generations. Because y'all, there is room for you in here. Ooh, that's the Anderson Pack song that I love so much. Uh, this, it literally is called Room in Here. And it's like, this, you know, there's just enough for two in here. There is room in here. Uh, but if you are so busy playing the part of being a leader for long enough, notice I said playing the part, you'll forget what it really means to lead as you. And you will be a caricature of yourself. That's why I said there's room for you in here. So that, if you're a caricature of yourself, that's hella imposter syndrome. Hello. I think we got we to gotta do a whole episode on that one, y'all. What do you think? You have got to invest in yourself and examine why you aren't investing in yourself. That's one of the biggest things that I talk to my clients about, particularly my executive coaching clients, when they are talking to me, not just about spending money on investing in coaching, but the time even for myself and my quiet hours, the courses that I take that I want to invest in. And then I look up and I'm like, sugar nuts, it's been six months. I didn't move past that module. Why? Why? Why are you not spending that time and investing in yourself? How do you expect others to invest in you, whether that's your career, your company, your organization's mission, your big idea, if you or a nickel and dime in yourself, okay? You just, you shopping at the dollar store for your own investment, but you want people to, to come out here with the Telfar? Mm-mm, that's not the way this works. This is something that I even have to check myself on regularly. Talk nice to me. 
That's something I have to say to myself. How do you talk nice to yourself? Do you have a mantra? Is it posted somewhere that you can see and that you won't tune out? Okay, y'all. You are headed to burnout if you are expected to be available 24-7. Let me just let that rest for one quick second. You're headed to burnout if you're expected to be available 24-7. Either by your company or by your clients, by your family, by yourself. Because when you start having that 24-7 expectation, you are going to expect that from everyone else around you. So the Queen Ager works for me part-time. This is her first job in high school. It's an honor to be able to hire my kid who serves as our operational assistant and works on our special projects. And so my little social media, um, all the videos that come out, she works on conferences with our ops manager and she's learning how to function in a company. But when I am working 24 seven, it doesn't seem to be a start and a stop time. How can I expect her to know when there's a stop time? That there's a a difference between the time she takes for her schoolwork and the time she takes for her after school job. If I don't have structure because I'm working around the clock from sunup to sundown with no break in sight, then how does she know what is a priority in terms of time? What actually is a deadline? What actually needs to be done because it has to be done because there's something external pushing on it or something internal that's driving her to get it done? And so you've got to be thinking about the effect that your behavior has on every single person around you. So if you are running an organization, a company right now, if you're an entrepreneur starting up your own thing and you are partnered, how are you having the conversation with your partner about the pace that you've got to run? How do they hold you accountable? How do they support you and lift you up? What are you asking for? So that you're able to make sure that you can have boundaries that are not created under duress. Because when we create those kind of boundaries, y'all, that's where the leader leader mess gets it gets out of order. Because <laughs> we're like, forget this mess. I'm not taking this anymore. And then we start creating all types of rules and constructs and barriers. And we can't keep up with that because when you make those things under pressure, under that kind of pressure, it's not sustainable. And so there has to be a way that you can give yourself some time, some space for your life. Because if there's no space in your life for the personal, and I'm going to tell you all my business, y'all know I always tell you all my business. Or if you were like me and you were avoiding your personal life like the plague, then you, my friend, are on your way to burnout. And as a leader, we got to dial that back. So let's think about the Devil Wears Prada again, where Nigel told Andy in a scene she was very frustrated because she had missed her boyfriend's birthday because there was an event and she had to be at the event and she was trying to do her job and she was trying to show up, you know, powerfully and make sure that she was on it, on her A game. And she was excited and happy that she was able to really perform that night and kind of got the, as much as you can from Miranda Priestley, kind of got the, the head nod that she did a good job. And she was so upset that she had missed this big event and that her relationship was going straight to hell. And Nigel said to Andy that when her personal life had gone completely to hell and she didn't have one, then he she needed to come see him because then, then she'd be successful. Then she'd be ready for promotion because there's this idea, remember in that environment of dysfunction, that it's 
robotic time, no personal life. You're just a, a cog in a wheel getting stuff done or bust, that there's no success with balance. And balance doesn't always mean 50-50. Sometimes it's 70-30, okay? That's why the scale can tip in one direction or another. But I see this with career professionals all the time, time and time again. And now that I'm, you know, wow, heading into year six um, of running Kashana Co. and growing Kashana Co. full time, I see that with other entrepreneurs. I see that with executives, especially women. But I'm calling bull on that mess. If you have no room for yourself in your life, you cannot expect for others to make room for you. I know that's a platitude, y'all, but it's for real, okay? And speaking of room, if you have no error in your life or room for others to have error, if there's no room for error in your life or for others, that's like taking a budding plant. I know over the uh, course of the pandemic, lots of us became plant moms, did we not? Now, y'all, my thumb is brown as hell, but I was determined to have budding, flourishing plants in my home finally, And I had to learn a lot about soil and about um, plant rot and about sunlight and about, you know, really just kind of nourishing uh, these plants that give a lot back to you in your environment, but you have to actually give a lot to them and the peace that comes from taking care of them. But if you take a budding plant that's known for being lush and huge when it's at full maturity, but you put it in the closet, close the door, no light, no fertilizer, no soil, no water, and you expect it to grow, you kind of plant yourself, right? And I'm guilty of that. Not literally. There's, the, there's not a plant in the closet, y'all, that has gone home to glory. But of taking the idea that things have to be perfect and putting so much pressure on myself and on others that I'm darn near unforgiving in the way that I work. And I have in my mind, if you don't work like I do, you're not really working. You don't really want it. And so my body <laughs> has protested. It has finally decided, oh, you don't want to, you don't want to hear this. The soft cues that we give you, ding, the soft cues we give you in the night. Now we are going to be a, a blaring gong um, to let you know that you have got to build in breaks, real breaks into your workflow and into your life. And if you find yourself standing in judgment, or fear. When others do that, my friend, you have turned left into dysfunction junction and I need you to to, to whip a U-turn and come back out. So real talk, who's holding you accountable? Because I've just given you a whole lot of things to think about and questions um, that I want you to ponder. And you're probably like, yeah, yeah, Kish, you know, you're so right, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, girl. And then you're going to turn off this episode, go about your day, And then you'll look up a couple weeks from now like, God, I was listening to something really good and I didn't do a darn thing about it. So who is holding you accountable? Who do you trust to say, if you don't sit your ass down, okay, and relax yourself? A good example of that for me is the other day I wrote about coming for 2021's neck and stepping on it to get what I want. And my good, good friend, Damali, who y'all will get to meet next season, um, said, But what if you don't do that? What if you don't step on anything's neck and you actually ease on down the road and you actually take your time and you actually build in rest and you actually are measured in the way you approach it? Won't you still get to the goal? And I was like, you don't know my life. 
But it was such a good question and it really caused me so much so that I had to go back and edit what I wrote um, because it really stopped me in my tracks. So who, and she checks in on me regularly. Are you sleeping? Did you rest? Put the computer down. I'm like, you don't know what I'm doing because you, as you are building new habits and building new ways of working, the ways you used to work really served you to get to that point, even if it was at a cost to yourself. And so as you're starting to build new habits, you're starting to own the places where you need to grow and focus and really kind of shift and start to really level up and elevate. It's really, really important to have someone who can hold you accountable. So who do you trust to do that? Who's your, your, your kitchen cabinet of folks that can pull you right in and do it with love, but, uh, nevertheless, get to the, to the bullseye of what you need to work on and how, and not just telling you what you're, where you're wrong or what you're doing wrong or what you're weak in, but also lifting you up and seeing where you need to go and showing you maybe things you haven't seen for yourself. That's really, really key. That's, that's, that's what I'm thinking about right now. So as you think about owning your leadership, You've got to know what you need to manage and what you need to work on. And that comes from really being self-aware and stepping into emotional intelligence. Well, y'all, I don't have enough time to talk about all that today. So that means we're going to have to put a pin in that one and come back to those things in future conversations where we just give you the real deal and we just dig into it because we're not going to just leave you out here hanging. But I hope today was helpful. I hope you enjoyed this first season. I hope that you were able to pull something from each and every episode and forward it to a friend, subscribe, let them know, like, listen, this is the real deal, Holyfield. We give you all the tea, okay? We are peeling back the layers of the old way of doing leadership and really digging into what needs to be true in order for you to live well and lead well, be your most authentic self and do that every day. you to know that as I spent at least 30 minutes in the mirror this morning plucking my chin hairs I thought to myself you know Kashana you are too cute for the life that you're leading right now (laughs) you're too cute for this quarantine life you are too cute because I I didn't realize when was the last time that I actually had done a plucking or a shaving Uh or you know let me just get to the hold on I'm telling people my business again (laughs) <laughs> but by the time we on season five of this podcast, they're going to be like, child, we we grew up with Kashana because we know all her business. I'm not even going to be a mystery to myself. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just not, PJ. I can't. That's not going to make it in nowhere. I'm not going to do that to you. It's really funny, though. You can put it in that. I don't care. That should probably be really funny. <laughs> the finale. Like, I'm not even a mystery to myself. It's fine. I'm not, none of this embarrasses me. My... my Shame threshold is actually really a Well, 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 y'all. We have made it to the end of another season. That's terribly incorrect. Why can't you? <laughs>
<laughs> at, at 10 minutes, we're at 9 minutes, 55 seconds. Okay. Take five. Woo-wee. Well, 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 y'all. We made it to the end of our first season of Let's Take This Offline, the podcast for everyday leaders. That sounds insane. I can hear it. I'll start again. That's the fine. Podcast. The podcast. <laughs> the podcast. Okay, I'm trying to... Have you slept? I have slept. <laughs> I, just, I was staring at the computer screen for a long time today. I do this in the morning. You don't see I get my good stuff. Every time I sing something that it sounds great, it happened in the A-top, in the AL. Take six. <laughs> Ooh-wee. That deserves a glass. So raise one, y'all, because we have come to the end of our first season of Let's Take This Offline, the podcast for everyday leaders. With your host, I said leaders with a T at the end. I cannot believe it. I've done, I've done it five times. I can hear it. Mm. <laughs> okay, so once you do it, once yeah. you do it, whatever you're doing with the ice, yeah. put it down. Okay, got it. Because it's, it's that's worth... what's helping me. Okay, mm-hmm. so here we go. And take seven. <laughs> well, 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 y'all. Let's raise a glass and toast to the end of our first season of Let's Take This Offline, the podcast for everyday leaders with your host, that's me, Kashana Palmer. I don't know about y'all's friends, but I got all of my edges kind of snatched this season with my friends who came on through to talk to us about everything from worth to wealth to work and everything in between. And so I don't know about you, but I cannot wait for season two. So while we wait, make sure you press that subscribe button. You forward this to a friend in the group chat. And you download every episode and roll it back and listen to it again. And keep us close because we'll be back real soon for season two of Let's Take This Offline, the podcast for everyday leaders. All right, y'all. I'll see y'all soon. That's a wrap. Okay. That was good. Yes. It only took us 12 minutes to get it right. (laughs)